Brown Girl Radiance celebrates the brilliance of women of color through reflective conversations and stories. I'm your host, Pure Brown Joy. Hello to all of my radiant friends. Welcome back. I pray that you are all staying safe and healthy. I recognize that this is a challenging time for everyone, even as some states and nations begin to relax some of the quarantine guidelines. Many people are still unemployed, on furlough, or ill. And I'm prayerful and thankful for all of the essential workers and the frontline medical professionals who are still fighting this global pandemic. I pray for anyone who's lost a loved one to this virus. While this has been an unprecedented time and experience, I still have hope for what the future holds. So I decided to gather three of my friends one evening on a Zoom call to celebrate the beautiful things our culture has delivered in this season. Since we are in such a unique time, I wanted to honor this moment by discussing women and men who have brought us joy and unity in quarantine. There are so many people that I wanted to celebrate that we actually had to break this episode into two parts. First, we are going to discuss the Becoming documentary that premiered on Netflix on May the 6th. I dedicated my entire second season of Brown Girl Radiance podcast to the Michelle Obama Becoming Book Club. Feel free to go back and listen to any and all of those episodes. Needless to say that this documentary was a wonderful treat from Queen Michelle, our forever first lady. Then we moved into a dialogue about all of the major Instagram live experiences that we've witnessed and enjoyed during the last couple of months. If you don't use Instagram, you can view any of the events that we're discussing on YouTube to help give you a little bit of context. For the Instagram live experiences, we focused on DJ D-Nice and his club quarantine. Then we discussed two of the major Instagram battles that were a part of the Versus series. So we'll be highlighting the Erica Badu and Jill Scott battle, which was really more of a celebration of sisterhood and music. And finally, we are discussing Babyface and Teddy Riley's battle, which brought us some of the best memes of 2020. After discussing all these kings and queens, we still had more to celebrate. We were captivated by the 10-part docuseries, The Last Dance, that took us behind the scenes on the journey of Michael Jordan and the 1998 Championship Bulls team as they secured their second three-peat. We will share all of our passionate dialogue about The Last Dance on the next episode of Brown Girl Radiance Podcast. 
Now, while this episode is focused on quarantine pop cultural moments, I wanted to make sure to shout out some kingdom culture moments from Christian artists who have kept me inspired. So I'll go ahead and do that right now. First, when we talk about Brown Girl Radiance, I have to say that the Clark Sisters movie that came on Lifetime was epic. It told the story of the trailblazing, influential gospel group, the Clark Sisters. Kiera Clark Sheard, who is a Christian artist that I love and have followed for many years, played her mom, Karen Clark Sheard. And Kiera also released a new album in April that is self-titled and it is fire. Now, in terms of the movie, the show stealer was Anjanou Ellis, who played Dr. Maddie Moss Clark. Give her all the awards. She needs an Oscar, an Emmy, an NAACP Image Award, a BET Award, all of them. Also, Jonathan McReynolds, who is definitely a king of quarantine and an extremely creative, prolific Christian artist, released a new album called People with an accompanying visual album on YouTube. I saw it during the premiere and it was just absolutely beautiful. I also saw him doing so many Instagram live interviews and performances and he's actually one of my favorite artists. I I love all of his albums. Another Christian artist that I want to highlight is Stephanie Gretzinger. I've been listening to her music for the last four years and she just has music that comes straight from the heart of the father. She released an album called Forever Amen in March, actually right around the time that we started the quarantine. And I had it on repeat for at least a week. I also saw her do an Instagram live where she was basically, in my opinion, having like preaching a sermon, doing a Bible study. It was just so beautiful and and so inspirational. Additionally, I want to shout out my church, Deeper Fellowship Church, and my pastor, William McDowell. We've had some amazing streaming services over the past few weeks, and you can catch them all on YouTube. In fact, last week we had a conference for four days called Remnant that was streamed, and it's also on the YouTube page. Whether you're watching a service or listening to a service or um, any of our services from the Remnant Conference, you will feel the presence of God in your living room, your kitchen, your bedroom, your car, wherever you're listening. Also, the word that we've received has been like just what I needed to be challenged and transformed during this season. I've also enjoyed sermons from Pastor Michael Todd from Transformation Church in Oklahoma. He did a series a couple years ago called Relationship Goals that I listened to at that time. It's an eight-part series, and it was life-changing for me. Then a few weeks ago, he started a new series called Relationship Goals Reloaded, and he also released a book called Relationship Goals. Speaking of books, I finished reading Secrets 
of The Secret Place by Bob Sorge, which I referenced during the March season finale. And it's been such a rich addition to my devotional time. I have also found a new love for the book of Psalms during this season. It's full of so many beautiful prayers and I might actually do a devotional episode in the future about the Psalms. Let me know if you decide to check out any of the resources I just mentioned. I'm not being compensated in any way. I just wanted to share what has been inspirational for me during this quarantine. Now, to set the stage for this episode, I want you to just act like you're sitting down at brunch or lunch or dinner with a few girlfriends. That is the overall cadence of this episode, as well as the next one that'll be released in June. When you get four ladies together on a Zoom call to talk about the queens and kings of quarantine, you're going to get a lot of laughs and passionate opinions along the way. I hope you enjoy our conversation. I am so excited to be able to celebrate all of the amazing things that have come out of the culture um, during this time and things and events that have really united us and brought us all together. So I would like to introduce my panel of brilliant women who I'll be chatting with this evening. The first voice that I'm going to introduce you probably recognize from the first season of Brown Girl Radiance podcast, Khalifa. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Thanks. Awesome. And then I'm also um, just elated to bring a couple of new voices to the show as well. So uh, first I have Alicia. Hello. Glad to be here. Yay. And last but not least, I have my girl, Gina. Hello. I'm so honored to be here. So I'm excited for this. Thank you. Thank you. All right, ladies. So uh, we have <laughs> we have a lot of uh, special moments uh, that we are going to be covering this evening. So um, So we'll just go ahead and jump right in. Um, just to rewind a little bit, I dedicated my entire second season of Brown Girl Radiance podcast to the Becoming Book Club. Um, it's, you know, a beautiful memoir. And if you haven't read the book or listened to the audiobook, I would highly recommend it. Um, and if you haven't listened to the last season, I would definitely encourage you to go back and listen to it and let me know what you think. And just when we thought that it couldn't get any better, Michelle drops this incredible Netflix becoming documentary on us in the middle of quarantine. Uh, For me, I will say, I think one of the things I love is first of all, how it started out, like with Michelle, you know, jamming to Kirk Franklin. I thought that was like such a wonderful representation of 
our culture and and that spiritual aspect to our culture just you know always i feel like you know how on award shows a lot of times the the artist will always thank god first i kind of feel like she was laying that foundation like let me thank god first <laughs> and then you know and then tell you about you know who i am and my story so i really appreciated that and I thought it was like the perfect song for her, just the lyrics, everybody wants to be like you and, and, you know, but there's no God like our God. Like, I just, I thought that was like masterfully done. So before I share more of my thoughts, I definitely want to let you ladies jump in and tell me what you loved or observed or learned or stood out to you about the documentary. Well, I loved just, I always love behind the scenes, reality type, a glimpse of your life, a day in the life type footage or specials. And um, I think it was great to, it's always great to see the Obama family in any aspect, especially now. And even more so just to see what her day-to-day -day life is like and to go home to Chicago, um, go to her brother's house, see more of her mom, you know, it just, we always saw the real side of Michelle, and I think we saw even more of that um, and got to see some of those that were close to her, like her uh, personal assistant who's been with her since day one um, at the beginning of, you know, Barack's campaign. That was very interesting to to learn that fact and, and their relationship. Um, and then also to hear, I always think it's interesting when you have such a strong female that is married to someone who becomes president and how they have to kind of juxtapose their identity during that whole process. And Hillary Clinton also had the same kind of battle and it was very interesting to see Michelle had that same battle where it's like she kind of had to veil herself just a little <laughs> in order to become more appeasing. But then I think as we saw over the course of the eight years, and even now, and that's what she's becoming, um, <laughs> that she's becoming more, more comfortable in that skin and still evolving ever more. But it, it definitely, I think, was a, a shock to her system, but such a, such a wonderful and inspirational um, documentary. So thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. I thought the documentary was awesome. I love the fact, like in the beginning, like Joy said, that when she played Kirk Flink, Franklin, it just showed me that I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for, for God, but it just shows her that I'm Black and I'm, and this is like, I'm unapologetic and this is the reason why I'm here. Um, I thought that was awesome. And she was Black and she was proud, basically, when she said, I'm from Chicago, south side of Chicago. Yes, let people know where you're from and you're not trying to be anyone but herself. And I thought that was cool because a lot of people like to be in disguise when they do that, but she she showed her truth. I also like the fact when um, she talked about the voting rights as well and how a lot of people weren't um, voting mm -hmm. and disappointed that no one voted, but then at the end when all this is happening, she was basically saying, well, I told y'all to vote and this is what happened. I tried to warn you guys before, you can't be mad. I thought that was pretty cool. And then she was just talking about her counselor and like saying that I can't do it. Well, I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna do it. And then when she got there, she was like, she got there, she was like, 
really? <laughs> this is what you guys have? And watch out. This is what I have. And then when she went back to the school, she was just saying that. The counselor wasn't there, but I'm pretty sure the counselor was hating herself. But that just shows, shows us that she shouldn't... We have to remember how we talk to these kids. And because they're always going to remember no matter what what we say and that you tell she took it to heart. But there's many more. I just thought she was it was awesome. And I didn't buy the book, but I'm definitely going to get the book after I saw this documentary. So I'm sorry. I know. I know. I know. No, it's okay. It made me up it even more. So I'm right. pretty sure the price is going to go up. But I want to see it just I want to read it just as more. So. Yeah. But I think to yeah. your point, Tina, that's what makes her so relatable is those anecdotes from her life. We can all relate to those. And I think it whether it was a guidance counselor or someone throughout your whole time education or growing up, there was some kind of roadblock that you knew was either racial or socioeconomical or, you know, whatever. And to hear that even Michelle Obama had that going to Princeton, you know, um, it just, it, it builds that connection even more that mm -hmm. they're like, they're one of us, you know, right. and, and that's what was so inspiring about that presidency that finally we all, you know, that antidote of you two could be president. No one ever believed that until 2008. Amen. And we finally did. We were like, wow, maybe well, we could do that, you know? And to see a president that is, again, biracial, so mm -hmm. he's black, but he is biracial, so right. mother is, right? <laughs> yeah. Not us. But to see that his wife was a proud yeah. black woman yeah. was definitely something that um, I think really struck, like you said, and just for a black girl or a black woman, it was like, wow, you know, she's married to this guy who, Again, we associate as black and the world sees him as black, but he is biracial, but he chose a, a black woman to, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yes. Become one with. He identified so wholeheartedly. Yeah, right, right. Even though he didn't really have that, yeah. that much experience growing up. Right. He did not grow up in, you know, the culture. Mm -hmm. I think he was, in my opinion, I would say he was probably well versed in culture when he moved to Chicago. Right, because yeah. grown up in Hawaii, I mean, it's diverse, but mm -hmm. right. different culture than you know the black culture. Let's just be honest. Michelle brought her back, brought her yeah, back. Look, she reminded me of his roots. But, um, yeah, to echo what Alicia and Gina said, I thought it uh, becoming on Netflix, the series was it's it was brilliant, right? Um, I appreciate that Michelle, um, Miss Michelle Obama. Uh, was very vulnerable. Like she has presented her, you know, like given us that she made herself vulnerable. So she's let us in in bits and pieces to her life. But I think um, to what we're all trying to say is she just wants to say, mm -hmm. I'm one of you. You are, we are each other, right? We are right. each other. We are each other's sisters. So I appreciate that. I thought um, what stood out for me most was two things. A lot of it stood out, but um, one that her manager and her sidekicks and a lot of people that have been close with her from day one um were not of black mm -hmm. descent right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. and not right. that that's a bad thing but they that, were female uh, so i do right. appreciate that too but they were white right. women right um right. and they've done well so again 
no shots. I'm just saying, I thought that was very interesting. Um, and then something else that stood out was when she told the story about how they were transitioning into the White House and for her girls, right? And growing up, like all of these lessons that we've learned and the conversations we have in our households, right? Like make your bed and do this and you have chores. And and she was like, I had to tell these butlers and the, you know, like you guys can't be wearing tuxedos, right? Like you yeah, can't like your beds to the housekeepers. And I thought, wow, right? Like how many other families that lived there before, maybe they had service or nannies and i just thought that was more relatable to me like dang even you know from chicago to the white house she kept her 100 like mm -hmm. we're not gonna yeah. set this precedent that our girls are going to expect this right because we're not going to live here forever number one and two they have to learn how to fold their clothes and make their beds and okay. you know um when they you know they have parties you're not going to have these butlers running around in tuxedos serving you and that's <laughs> real life so i thought those two things really stood out for me um just looking at her team and how it was built around her and people that have been there since day one um and then you know the the when they had to raise their children in the white house so again brilliantly made masterful as always um and i just appreciate too when she was on our book tour right when she would make the time um, to personalize each interaction with- Man, she wrote every book. Yeah. Some people just put yeah. a, stamp, a stamp, or they had their assistant she, stamp it, right? I was like, okay, you're really good. But she listened to these stories and gosh, it was just heartfelt and you know emotional. And I was proud, I cried, I laughed, I, you know, celebrated um so it did it stirred up a lot of emotion but yeah, yeah. definitely yeah i think one for the books mm -hmm. I, I think i would say that that moment like the book signing moment was probably for me one of the most poignant moments um of just realizing how she really does have a, such a unique gift um in being able to connect to every person and the fact that she wanted every single person to feel seen and heard um, you know um it was just like that that really touched me and then um you know when you talk about her <laughs> the observed kind of uh relationships with her her team i actually kind of found um some connectivity in that because i think you know of course when you have friends of diverse backgrounds like sometimes you're gonna be polar opposites in certain ways and so it was yeah. like you know, Michelle was bumping, I, I don't even know what song it was, but she was like, listen to that beat. And then meanwhile, her friend like literally is like, has like Barry Manilow on the phone. Yeah. Yes. And I, 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 we have all had that moment yes. before where you're like, why are we friends? I mean, I love you, but like, what is happening right now? You know? <laughs> so, they all I, had their own connection with, with her. I think that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then another thing I like, you know, kind of going back to, you know, her just being authentic and unapologetically Black and really embracing her heritage. Um, I actually, I watched the uh, documentary again today, and she has a line in there where she says, I'm the first lady of the United States, and I am the descendant of slaves. Yeah. And, and you know, and just how she you know, really kind of said that that was like the lens that she tried to look at her role through and really, you know, I think that's something that kept her grounded. And then that kind of full circle moment where she, 
visits a church yes. and yeah. she is with like mm, this group of mothers. very seasoned yes mm-hmm. the church mothers the mothers oh my God. Yes. that that touched me so much that and when she when, when she said uh we just wanted to make you all proud and they said you did and then from there i mean they started giving her advice like <laughs> about you know about like this next chapter and like sharing all of their sage wisdom and it just again like speaks to you know our heritage and just how authentic she is because we really do value our elders and we really do want to make them proud mm-hmm. um and um and then even uh you know so then you look at the way she interacted with like the younger students as well and um uh, there was a young lady who essentially was asking her a question about um what like how was she getting like back on track and basically you know she said at this point you know there's (laughs) there is there is no getting like back there's more just creating a new track. And I love the quote that I think they use in a lot of the marketing where she says um so much like, well, so little of who I am is what you saw during those eight years. And mm-hmm. so much of who I am was formed like before that point. And so, yeah, I mean, she just, I mean, she's just auntie status, like all the way, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, you auntie, just feel like, even, yes, mama. exactly, exactly. <laughs> right. It's like, even though we, even though we don't know her, it's like, we feel like we know her because she continues to like, just share her stories in such an authentic way that we can connect to it. Do you know what thing that stood out to me the most at the end, because we all work at a corporate company. She said that we all, us, I really meant she think us as black women deserve a seat at the table. So don't ever think we don't. We deserve to be there. And I thought that was profound too, because sometimes we gotta remind ourselves, we just have every right, just like anyone else to be there. So yes, you should be there. You deserve to be there. So don't ever doubt it. Just go and do it. So I and not even just have a seat. That was awesome. Voice, right? Like, yes. Because yes. I felt like when she, I felt like oftentimes, and I feel this, that we feel like our voices have to be um, muted. It's not mm. that it's taken, but it is muted. And she even alluded to that, right, early on when she was like, I was talking off script and the media or whomever would mm-hmm. manipulate and change it. And then it, mm-hmm. the what the outcome was, was far greater than her just saying, okay, now I'm going to just stick to a script, right? But it was almost like she was muted temporarily right yeah um and that does definitely uh translate to our experiences in the workplace right like um and whether it be through our voice or the way that we express ourselves through hair or you know clothing like we're always cognizant of that and we stick to the script right um so that is something that i um i did take away and i was like you know i'm 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 going to have that voice um, and professionally, right? And with eloquence, like she, you know, like Michelle Obama, but we don't have to necessarily be quiet all the time or just um, kind of fall to status quo. Mm. Um, you know what I mean? So, yes. Well, and I think also yeah. believing that you deserve to be there because sure. there was a moment where she was with some of the girls and um, there was a Latino girl and she was like, I can't believe I'm here. Like, why was I picked? And Michelle yes. story and she was like, I just yes. come to school, I do my 
work, I'd go home, I'd go to my job because I have to help my dad. And Michelle was like, and you wonder why you're here. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sometimes we, we discount our own abilities and our own worth in those situations. And, yeah. and that kind of um, puts a stalemate on us having that courage to go to the table and saying, I do deserve to be here. I'm a valued member of this team. I have something to say, you know, um, we're sometimes our, our biggest enemies, but then also just believing that we can push through that glass ceiling or whatever barrier, whether it's racial or gender or, you know, whatever. Like, like Khalifa said, I, I think that's one thing that I'm definitely taking away from this quarantine is that I deserve to be there and having more of that confidence and that courage and, and knowing that, you know, at the end of the day, there's, there's more out there, but in this moment right now, this is what I'm giving you. And yes, I deserve to be here, you know? I agree. Absolutely. I think one other thing that brought me out was um, her marriage to Obama saying that I get I can't depend on Obama to to find my happiness. I have to do it for myself because he was she was saying I get there and you go and running and I have to tend for the kids and stuff. But she's like, no, I have to do this for myself. I gotta look for happiness within myself mm-hmm. in order for me to be me, like to learn for me to survive this, I gotta look for my happiness mm-hmm. in this. I can't rely on my husband. So I thought that was profound too as well. Yeah, I also actually enjoyed the the Obama cameo at uh, <laughs> <laughs> the book. Yeah, tour. look. <laughs> did, did she not keep it one hundred? Like, oh, uh, like, right, right. yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I gotta be with you because he black. So you think both of us like each other? I thought that was funny. That was perfect. Yeah, and then when he was, yeah, and then when he like, <laughs> then when he started reciting Jay Z lyrics, yeah. and he was like, he was comparing himself to when Jay Z comes out at a Beyonce concert. It was just like, yeah, yeah. Alert. Yes. He was like there's a few things in the story, and she's like, it's my book. <laughs> yeah, that was perfect. So, um, and then I would say one other thing too that I noticed in terms of like the whole family dynamic, um, if, you know, when you have siblings, uh, you know, kind of the, the story that she was sharing in jest about her older brother and feeling like he was the favorite, um, which actually she talks about it in the book a little bit as well, because her older brother is actually the one who talked their mom into staying in the White House. Um, but in the documentary, you know, uh, the way she like jokes about that. And then, and then you actually kind of see it in action when they're at his house and the mom's like, I love, I love Craig's wine. And she's like, I have wine too. Like, you know, and even the story she told me. Cause we can all relate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have a mama's boy. I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm just saying there might be something with that dichotomy of the mama and the son. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. 
Well, because she was saying even when they would have Thanksgiving at the White House, the mom was always looking for Craig. And it's like, yeah. she's like, what else do I need to do? You know? Yeah. Right. So, I'm like, the first the lady House. and you're still, right? I'm the first lady. <laughs> and you're still looking for Craig. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you get a five-star diamond. Right. Definitely one of um a laughable moment, but it's true, right? Like, you know, where's my son? Where is my son? Where's my baby? At? <laughs> I, know, I know my daughter is first lady, but where is my son? I love that she was a daddy's girl too, because I'm definitely daddy's girl. So when she bought that out as well, yeah. I'm definitely daddy's girl. So I thought that was so valid. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. That grows up with you. I'm sorry, Jeannie. What was the last thing you said? No, I'm sorry. Um, it um, though it's when you're growing up and then you have a strong male male in your life, such as your dad, that carries you and it shows you which one. Especially if you're trying to find that great guy in your life like she found Obama because she had a great <laughs> dad in her life and then she yeah. had a strong member as her brother so yeah. that makes a difference right there as well when you get older and stuff so I'm a dad's girl so that was awesome the hashtag girl dad is that yeah it? yes yes <laughs> for sure yeah I, I would say I'm definitely a girl dad as well well I'll tell you what ladies I don't really, you know, watch a lot of stuff on Netflix, et cetera. But this, like, I I had to get to it. I actually initially was planning to um, watch it on, like, Saturday morning. For some reason, I'd marked that as the day that it would be, like, a treat to myself. Y'all, I couldn't hold out. I watched it, like, on a Friday night. I just, I had to, had to see it. And, you know, it's, I mean, I, I think it's just a nice little treat to be able to go back to and just kind of pick yourself up. Because I was thinking about, too, even, you know, um, just after, like, a long day at work, I feel like you can just turn that on, play that in the background as you're, you know, preparing dinner or doing laundry or whatever. And it's, it's, I, f I feel like it has a nice calming effect too. It's like my, my sister, my auntie is just, you know, talking to me. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I believe that. I agree. Awesome. Well, I, I um, feel like we've covered quite a bit of ground um, on, on that and uh, probably done some nice marketing for the documentary as well. So <laughs> you're welcome, Netflix. Uh, uh, I know. Can right. Good old marketing. You're welcome. Sponsorship, please. Right. Exactly. Hi, I'm here. Uh, mm -hmm. Brown Girl Radiance Podcast Brown at gmail.com. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> or on Instagram at Brown Girl Radiance Podcast. Hey, you never know who's listening, right? Let, let me go ahead and give Handle them the that. information. Yes. Um, so, so we'll move on then to our next topic, but actually this next person has done some uh, collaboration with Michelle Obama and actually brought them up during the 
season finale um, of the Becoming Book Club, which was at the end of March. Uh, and But I, I think they are worth mentioning again because they've just had such a positive impact on um, the culture and um, they're really one of the pioneers of taking the Instagram live experience to the next level. And that is uh, a gentleman by the name, well, he goes by the name DJ D Nice. Um, and um, he is uh, an, actually a DJ and an old school MC. Um, and there was one evening uh, when all like the quarantine first started that he gathered over 100,000 viewers internationally for a live dance party um, that he affectionately dubbed Club Quarantine, which is now pretty much a brand at this point. And he, you know, he was spinning records for like eight hours straight and he had a setup in his kitchen. Um, and honestly, he just has such amazing energy and I, I love to watch him just like bopping his head and changing out all of his like dope hats and, oh. um, and, uh, and, you know, and yes. at this point, yeah, he's just, um, yeah, he's, yeah, he I love him. He wasn't looking either, lady. Yeah, he's, he's also easy on the eyes. This is true. <laughs> um, at this point, you know, he's done like a lot of different charity events and collaborations. Um, and really, and, and he's also shined a light on female DJs as well. And just um, so yeah, so any uh, favorite D nice moments, because now, you know, he, he still goes live, but you know, he, um, he's a busy man. <laughs> so Mm-hmm. So okay. this is Khalifa coming at y'all. So um, first, I would like to just say thank you, Miss Alicia, for putting me on D-Nice. So it was the second week of quarantine. Um, everybody was still very unsure and probably a little bit anxious about like what was happening. We were all kind of just, you know, our world just literally flipped upside down seven days prior. So Anyhow, um, Alicia and I are talking and she goes, hey, there's this DJ. He's going to go live. He's been going live a couple of nights. Um, he's playing all good, you know, like R&B and some old school. Um, for those of you who know me, for the world, if you're just meeting me, I live, eat, breathe music. I love music and sports <laughs> and my baby. But, um, but that's probably what brought a lot of us together, even on this call, uh, podcast, is music, right? Um, so anyhow... So I would like to, one, say thank you, Miss Alicia, for giving You're me well. tips to do that <laughs> because I would not be part of the Club Quarantine family if it was not for Alicia. Um, but we joined that night, and it was an epic experience, right? We did not have any idea that what was about to unfold was, like, unfolding right before our eyes, and and we were just listening to yeah. good music right like he was spinning i was like oh yeah d nice okay so i did i always research if i'm not quite sure and i had to jog my memory he's from back in the day i mean he's been around from the 80s and connecting groups and i'm like oh okay um again he hasn't changed that much he's actually aged and he looks very good for his you know um for his age but i mm -hmm. it was such a just a moment and you know, the comments and every, you know, I mean, all of these VIP celebrities and I'll let Alicia kind of spin it, how she's been club quarantine, but it was just amazing <laughs> to see, you know, just all of these political figures and people just in 
all celebrating and doing the same thing at one time, right? And it was like yeah. and commenting on I have a like internet brought us yes. together, right? And, and technology, yes. so IG, but the like wow and it's free 99 for this experience right? <laughs> right. Um, so yeah so i do have to say my moment was definitely alicia it, thank you for getting me hip and then that night just watching as it, it just grew it would grow like uh, he'd spin another song and it'd grow by ten thousand, and then ten thousand, and everybody's just watching the numbers grow um, so I, I am now part of the club quarantine family. I mean, <laughs> I, next to speaking to God, I probably check on D nice in club quarantine <laughs> just, as much as frequent, which is every day. Um, so <laughs> is he on, is he on, is he live? Is he He's live? live right now, but yeah, you got his notification. You have a notification. I have a notification. He's live. He's on. He's on. <laughs> Um, so I'll let you guys go, but one thing that has really stood out, one of the nights, uh, and I wish I would have documented exactly which night, but Holly Berry, the actress, uh, joined in. And she'd maybe been in there a couple nights. So anyway, he starts spinning all his sets, um, slow groove. So now there's Club Quarantine After Dark. If you guys don't know, you probably do. Oh. But uh, he starts oh. devoting all his slow songs to Holly Berry, right? Because it's, it's Holly Berry, right? <laughs> Lo and behold, maybe five seconds, 10 seconds later, you see hashtag trending, very nice, very nice, right? So they <laughs> find Holly Berry and D nice together, right? And now his nickname for the last week was like very nice, but it was so cute because he was like, this one's for you, Holly. And he was dedicating it to her. And it's just fun, right? Um, so anyway, if you have not been to Club Quarantine, D nice, um, you're not living life. And I live for the, so I go for the music, but now I live for the comments and, and actually met a few people out of, and not face to face, but I've actually connected with a few people from um, going to club quarantine. Okay. That's another oh, wait, podcast. Oh, okay. okay. Listen, because you know, you see me over here like, wait, you connected with, I'm like, Right. We need more, but you know what? You're right. We, we, you know, we'll, we, um, we'll, as, uh, as they said on Fresh Friends, mind your business, mind, mind your business. <laughs> right. <laughs> so thank we, you. We'll, off, <laughs> we'll offline, we'll offline about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Awesome. Um, I like, um, the one I like is going to be nice. It's definitely the quiet storm after dark, the waves, how everyone went to the waves and stuff. But I like how we all interact with everybody. Like, you're listening to great music that we haven't heard in so long. Because, let's be real, like, you really don't have that nowadays. Like, nowadays you go out to the club and even going out, you don't hear the songs that you want to hear. It's so great to hear that. And then you're, you're, when music to, was um, meaningful, right, Gina? Yeah, like you're when talking music to Jody Watley, to Marie, you're talking right. to all of them. It's like, we're in the same boat. We're all the same. And it's like, they're regular, everyday people. Like, I thought that was, like, so cool. And like, like she said, I live for the lives. I wish I had a wine when I was listening to it. I mean, I was dancing in my room, my, my whole apartment, like, yes, listen, cooking and stuff like that. So, yes, be nice. <laughs> 
I salute your brother. So thank you so much for doing it because we needed that. Like Khalifa has a thing, let it breathe. Got let it breathe. <laughs> you were at the club. Who would know we were going to the club online? Who would know that? <laughs> Who would yeah. see that club being online? I thought that was cool. Like really? Everyone's like, oh, I'm getting ready. You going to the club to be nice? I'm going right now. Let me get on my heels and stuff. <laughs> so I'm gonna lie. They talk about, all right. Who's going to the bar? I'm going to get something to drink. They'd be like, I'm getting yeah. it too. So it's all through the live. The conversation is so cool. Like, we're actually there talking to one another. So I think that's cool. So thank you. Be nice. Again, I salute you. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with everything. I think for me, it was the one time, especially that first night yeah. when it was so huge, that yeah. we all felt so connected and the same. You know, it wasn't this tension and fear and lies and you know whatever we see every day on tv and here on the news and all that it was like we were all brought together by something that's universal which is music you know and, and yeah it was great to see joe biden bernie sanders mark zuckerberg um tiffany haddish you know tina <laughs> knowles like you know like all these people came in and then we're all talking to them yes. like show them you know it's like oh my god I'm yeah, connected. because someone says over there you know and i think it was it was also a human moment to see celebrities too also yeah. interacting and and being just like us and and also kind of geeking out at like you know when michelle obama uh, yeah they're all like michelle obama you know and then, <laughs> so you remember though alicia he had that moment when michelle joined he was like Yo, like he yeah. got starstruck. Yeah. Oh, yep. you know, and it's live, but it is. It's yeah. like And he well, he still gets starstruck. Yes. Like when he sees yeah, exactly. Will Smith coming in or yes. you know, um certain people, like he's not above um, you know, his own celebrity status or, you know, what friends he may have in the industry. Right. Um, but it was just I think it's definitely one of those moment that it could definitely go in the National Museum for African American History and Culture. Yeah, yes. Yes. That's first. Yes. Definitely for something that um, was definitely for the culture. It was for the world. It was for humanity, <laughs> you know, um, and it's a it's now a movement, right? It's a movement. Like it's not even it's like always oh, like it's a movement. So Alicia, yeah. I agree 100 yeah. percent. Definitely. Let's be real. Once we once we get back to the normal world, we're not or the new normal. Yeah. Well, I I saw him or I should say, well, I heard him, I should say, on um a podcast and um because of course, you know, after club quarantine, I've been like consuming my D nice <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, materials. <laughs> so um he said with the Michelle Obama thing. Well, you know, so prior to all of this, I, I'll be honest, I hadn't really heard of him before, but he, you know, he does a lot of celebrity events as a DJ anyway. And so he had DJed for the Obamas before. And, um, and so he said he reached out to like someone in her camp kind of thing. Like he could, obviously he doesn't have direct access to her, but it was one of those things of like, you know, somebody in the camp, like, could she maybe pop in? And so <laughs> when she actually did, you know, it, it uh, as you mentioned, it definitely caught him by 
um, surprise. And I, I just love, you know, hearing his story and, you know, because he was an MC like way back in the day. Like, I think he started when he was like 15 and then mm -hmm. he worked in tech for a long time. Really brilliant guy. Worked in tech. Um, and then essentially kind of once he realized that he wanted to DJ, you know, he, um, he, the way he explains it, it wasn't like he tried to, um, use, you know, his like old school MC status. He really did have to kind of, you know, build from the he ground the up work. that business. All right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and, um, and yeah, and just to hear him, you know, talking about DJing and, um, and, and just his passion. Like I, like if I see him go live, even just like on an interview, I'm there. Like, I got to hear what this man has to say. Cause I just think he's such a brilliant brother. And, um, and um, yeah, and easy on the eyes too. <laughs> so, Girl. listen. The, the fedoras, <laughs> though. Were, I'm like, yeah. you, come on. The, the fedoras, though. I'm like, oh, I mean, that just adds an extra, <laughs> like. Glass of wine, girl. Oh. We have glass of wine. Yes. Yeah. So classy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> but yeah, I think for me, yes. the, first, the first night that he did it, and I think actually, I probably like was seeing on my news feed it could have been from you know uh khalif or alicia or someone i was just seeing this guy on my news feed and so i decided like oh well who is he let me go find him you know and um and i remember that night i stayed up until like one o'clock in the morning and one of my because you know it's just like oh, i gotta see what he plays next but one of my favorite comments um was someone wrote you're gonna make me late for church in the morning online church <laughs> and I was like, amen because <laughs> it goes all night right yeah okay. <laughs> keep playing music after music after i mean just music. hit after hit i mean and he has i don't know if you guys have picked up on this but he has um um an anthem for the club quarantine um so there's a couple of songs that he'll play in his opening and his closing every night um mm -hmm. and songs that are that he are just very near and dear to his heart so that's cool but it, it is a movement right um i also appreciate that he um not only has just kept this platform to himself but um going back just a little bit he has also like michelle and um you know, other people that we're going to talk about in this podcast, but he has opened up and been vulnerable with us, which I appreciate again. So he was saying one night, um, you guys have made, were maybe on, but he was like, yo, like just giving gratitude and thanks and um, to everyone for the support. And he said, you know, I'm going to be honest. I didn't know what I was going to do. My 50th birthday is coming up. So it's 50th birthdays next month in June. And um, the pandemic hit. And prior to that, he was like, what am I going to do with my life? What am I, what's next for me? And then the pandemic hit. And he said, he just felt like, I don't know where to go now. Like, all, you know, like what, seriously, mm -hmm. what can I do? I, I DJ for live dance events. Right. Amen. And this happened. He said, and he just started spinning with 200 people. Like, just because that's what his, where his passion and his love was. He had no idea that this was going to happen. Right. Um, so I just feel like you know, when you, when you, um, when you serve, cause he serves by DJing, right. But, mm. um, and when you just, and I'm not going to say it's ministering, but maybe it is, maybe it is healing because music does heal. Um, but other things happen, right. Great things happen. And, and then, so I say all that to say, he's not keeping it to himself. Now he's right. 
bringing on other people and like Joy yes. said, he's, he's bringing on DJ forward. females. He's mm-hmm. brought on their originals, right? He's paying yeah, it I forward um, to other DJs on. and giving homage to the people that have been riding with him this whole time. Um, and not a lot of people do that once they, you know, make their claim to fame or they blow up and or you know they're an overnight yeah. sensation. They forget where they right. come from, but I don't think he's done that. He's been very humble. He's been very humble throughout the process. Um, and just, I think that's remarkable in itself. So anyway, I'll forever continue to support. I salute him too, um, just for that reason too. Not only does he spin good music, not only does he look good, he's easy on the eyes. He has wonderful taste in hats, um, but he paid it for us. So be nice. Well, you know what? You know what, ladies, maybe, listen, I don't know how much he charges, but maybe we can pool our funds together. <laughs> and um, he has a reservation. Yeah, I think you can't book him now till like 2022. Yeah, I mean, he's booked out. Right. Like, listen, listen, 2023, we'll get him, ladies. <laughs> Whoever's getting married next, yes. We're just saying, D-Nice is going to be hey, I believe the DJ. We're going to speak that. Yes, yes. For sure. Well, uh, moving on to uh, another, I guess we could say, Instagram live phenomenon, put it that way. So um, these versus battles, which Timbaland and um, Swiss Beats kind of pioneered um, and, you know, started inviting different people to come on. So, um, They've had ones pretty much, I I would say, probably about, you know, on a weekly basis. But there are a couple of battles that um, are standouts uh, for the culture, for sure. And so the first one that I want to talk about, since, you know, we're talking about queens and and kings of quarantine and brown girl radiances, I want to highlight the first female versus battle that was between Erica Badu and Jill Scott. Um, they brought in like over 700,000 viewers. And um, for me, I so before we jump in, I'll, I'll just say like, Jill is one of my favorites. I remember buying her album like my senior year in high school and it was just like a revelation. I'd never heard anything like that before. And uh, I remember going to see her in concert, actually um, a couple weeks before I started FAMU, my uh, freshman year there. And I still actually have the poster. I'm looking at it right now. It was Sunday, August 5th, 2001. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I have it hanging on like my music wall that's in front of me. So, um, and so she, and it was like just one of the best concerts ever. Now, fast forward, she was celebrating 20 years of who is Jill Scott. And so I was actually slated to see her back in March yes. at the Hard Rock. And, yeah. and obviously that show um, got canceled. And so I kind of feel like this, you know, kind of redeemed it um, a little bit. Um, I saw someone post something to the extent of it was just like a big, you know, warm hug. And so really it wasn't even a battle. It was more of just like a celebration of sisterhood and music and uh so i was really um looking forward to this one and and i also had an expectation because you know 
Erica Badu is so eccentric. I was I was also kind of excited to see like what's that thing <laughs> that Erica Badu is going to do that only she can do. And it ended up being this Bruce Lee projection. I'm like, ah, she delivered. Perfect. Like <laughs> I wouldn't have I wouldn't have expected any less from her, right? Mm -hmm. Uh so yeah, so um before I kind of dive into additional thoughts, just want to hear from you ladies uh what you um enjoyed or uh took away from the Badu Jill Scott battle. I think I enjoyed reminiscing just um and that's I think the overall theme for these um versus battles um that essentially haven't they've kind of evolved from battles to just celebrations. Yes. Right now, you know, I, I think the first one with Swiss and Timbaland definitely was a battle. And we love we love seeing that. Um Lil John had one with uh T Pain too. That was a good battle. It was friendly fire. But I think now it's just a celebration and and the artists are really um just kind of like giving respect and honor to each other and and their works of art but um it definitely took me down memories lane um i am a sucker for anything 90s r&b and um early 2000s you know so this was right up my alley and loved there were even songs that i even forgot about right yes. you're like oh my god i forgot that you know erica did that song or jill did that song or, oh my God, I can't believe she's playing this song because it's like number 18 on the album, you know, right. it wasn't released, but we all love it and it's a favorite. So it was just, I love them. Um, I get excited each week when they announce like who wants to do them next. And, and I saw today, actually, this is breaking news. Monica turned down the one with Brandy. Oh. Partly because she doesn't want it to be a battle. She said, if it was something that was more celebratory. Um, so I, I think they might be able to coerce Monica to do it. Because Brandy said she's down for it, but she definitely understood Monica's reasoning. Hold, hold on, hold on, Alicia. You have to you have to say Brandy said she wanna be down. Sitting <laughs> <laughs> up in her room thinking about <laughs> <laughs> a full moon. Yeah, I'm yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> Let me stop. Let me stop. I, I couldn't. I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. I know. I caught that too. I was like, "Ooh, how can?" Yeah, perfect. That's perfect. So, but anyway, love, 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 Jill and Erica, and I, I think, I think they were very pleasantly surprised and appreciative. I think they were surprised by the amount of um, fans Haters. that mm -hmm. came to see them. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, the power of the female um, yes. and the black female, you know? Um, so it was great. I love it. I downloaded the playlist. Right. You know? so yeah. <laughs> we were talking, I was like, where's the playlist? Yes. So, um, yes, I definitely agree with everything that Alicia said. Um, what? Someone please confirm, was this the first female? Yes, adult it was. Class? Yeah. I thought so, yeah. which is so, again just interesting so how many other right between teddy riley and face and like mm -hmm. Luda, i mean uh, little john and T i mean before it was like we're not gonna think about these females right um i just thought that was interesting too because i thought it was the first verses with females but um they couldn't have picked two better individuals to you know what i mean mm -hmm. kind of set, yeah. set the tone with as far as females and the 
um, impact that we've had. And I believe they had, they hold the record for most viewers too. Yes, they do. Yes, um, they do. Almost, I was hoping for at least a million, but I knew that was a long shot, but I'm like, we'll take 725K, right? Like, Who would you guys like to see as the next female battle? Right. Uh, Who could it be? You know what I was thinking? Um, I was actually thinking about, um, and maybe it's because I heard her on uh, Kiara Sheard's new album, but Missy Elliott, I was thinking mm -hmm. Missy Elliott actually mm -hmm. would, would not be able to have a battle. It would just be Missy yeah, Elliott. Missy, like, Missy versus Missy, right? Yeah. Like Missy versus Missy. Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, people were saying Missy versus Busta Rhyme, but they didn't they want that. They were talking about that. Yeah. Well, no, no he said he that's would not comparable. Her. You're right. M yeah, I know. Missy would, would totally. But Busta Rhyme, he's his own rapper, so he can't go. I know. Well, he he said he would. She's that respectable. He goes, if anybody, I would, you know, she could hold mm -hmm. her own. Um, yeah. He said he would. Uh, Busta doesn't even. Yeah. He could play Compare. two songs, exactly. and that's. <laughs> he's a I was thinking. Um, Mary J. Blige and Faith Evans. Okay. All bad boy against bad boy. Hmm, yeah. Or, okay. well, she was with Uptown. Um, yeah, they were in the same field. So I had, I actually texted Alicia <laughs> this now. Okay. So I think they're still kind of feuding. Yeah. Yes. But the, similar to Monica and Brandy, right? That would have been a good mm -hmm. one. Monica and Brandy. But um, Faith I, and Mary J. They so didn't like each other. Yeah, they're yeah. not friends. Uh-uh. But we could do, so I was thinking on the persuasion side, on the wonderful side, what we call wonderful people, right? Um, we're, we're magnificent, but wonderful. But Christina Aguilera and Pink, right? Yeah. Um, I think that uh, would be- To the culture. Well, okay, so that's what I said on the persuasion <laughs> side. To the culture. So on they the culture side. Yeah. Their no, life. no, no culture, actually, okay. uh, no, no, no. I agree, I have to say, I agree with that because um, they I, I both have, LA Reed. They had some soulful voices. They are outstanding. Right? Like yeah. Pink. I actually years ago went to a Pink concert. I um, love Pink. I love. And she, I mean, she's an incredible performer. And Christina Aguilera. Listen, I'm gonna keep it real. That's still one of my favorite Christmas albums. I don't. I don't yeah. want to hear yes. nothing from See? anybody. Right. Mariah Carey gonna get you. <laughs> <laughs> So I think Pink and Christina Aguilera, again, thinking about the crossover, because a lot of Black right. we listen to them, right? Yeah. Like, they even did yeah. a song with Keisha Cole. Yes, for sure. Uh, well, I don't know. Neither one of them can sing, but <laughs> look, I'm like, oh. But before we leave, I just want to give you my, my Right. I was going to say, let's, let's, let's go back to Jill and Badu. <laughs> so Jill and Badu. So, okay. So Jill and Badu, I loved, um, I thought it was what stood up for me. So let me back up. I got my sisters all hype. Um, again, so we do these, you know, um, FaceTime parties when we do the verses or D nice and, you know, all of that. So we've connected. We're alone together, as you say, you know, like, so we have these little virtual parties too, um, when these epic events are happening. But I thought it was interesting that Jill was like, this is my first time going live. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. her first time ever going mm -hmm. live on a social platform. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, I just thought that was, in I thought, oh my gosh, because I would, I just assumed like, every celebrity at least has gone live, right? But mm -hmm. it was their first time going live. So um, I went into the battle or the celebration all gun hole like, 
Jill's got this. And I'm still team, I'm team both, right? But I was like, yes, Jill, like her music just touched my soul. Erica had me on my feet all night. All yeah. her and I loved Jill, don't get me wrong. But Erica, I was like, I've seriously underestimated my girl, Erica. I did. Yeah. I really did. And it took me back and it was like this feeling of nostalgia. Like, you know what I mean? Because every song that both of them played, I remembered moments where I was at. Right, yeah. um, and I was just yeah. like this neo soul. Um, and not that I forgot, I didn't forget these Erica hits, but I was like, I don't know if it was just in the moment and when it was playing, but I was like, oh my gosh! So Erica had me hype all night, I think. Um, and just I think really, her persona kind of yeah. overshadows her, shadows music. her, yeah. And she's right. not, she's not one of those that like Jill will go to the festivals and and. You know, we readily, Jill's kind of like in her face a lot um, in terms of like media, promotion, yeah. et cetera. And mm -hmm. Erica is too. I mean, you know, she's hosted Soul Train Awards and and everything. But I just feel like, I don't know, like when she played On and On, I legitimately forgot about that song. Right. <laughs> like, right. It wasn't until she played it. I'm like, oh my God, I used to love this. And the video is a color purple. And, you right. know. Right. Um, and don't you guys I, appreciate the storytelling behind you? Know, right? I was about like, to say that was. But that I saw was it as a black really anthem. All. I really saw this as a black woman anthem all the yeah. way around. Because all these black people coming, all these black women coming together, singing the songs from their hearts. And then the fellas are in there like, I didn't realize how deep these are. And like, yes, you're telling my story. They're telling our story, we're singing it, you're bringing it back to when you're younger. And then it's like, it's awesome. Like, let's take a long walk, window mm -hmm. seat, Tyrone. I love like the, the storytelling elements um, of it. Like I, you know, of course I, I knew the song, you know, you got me and, and I'd heard both versions, but I don't think the backstory had been reconciled just mm -hmm. yet. So, to, to know that, okay, Jill Scott wrote the song, which by the way, I love like her confidence, the fact that that was the first song she ever wrote. The Roots approached her and they were like, can you write a hook? Either. And she's oh, like, wow. yeah, she's like, yeah. And so, you know, so for her to have the confidence to, to just pin a song and then, you know, then Erica Badu records it originally then the Roots are performing live in New York. They're doing a recording there. And Erica Badu is stuck in traffic. I would love about, to go to that you concert. Talk about, you talk about divine appointments, right? Like, so yeah. Erica Badu is stuck in traffic. So then Jill Scott is at the venue. And so the Roots tell her, okay, like, you're going to have to sing this. And to hear Jill Scott say she was nervous, like, that blew my mind, like, because on the record itself, I mean, you know, she's just such a masterful vocalist, like mm -hmm. you wouldn't be able to tell. But during the battle, like when you, you know, you hear her singing the song and then her actually say, I was so nervous, it's like, what? And then at the end of the song, you know, I'm used to hearing that that classic piece where she sings her name, um, cause that's on her album. But to know like now this whole full story behind like what exactly, you know, took place there. And then really just the beautiful like demonstration of sisterhood, how it was like Erica was thanking her because, you know, she won a Grammy for it. 
and then and then Jill's thanking her for even singing the song and you know telling her you didn't know me and um Erica usually writes most of her songs and and so it was just like I mean it was just really like powerful and that's one of the things that I love and then Erica Badu when she was sharing the story about on and on and how that knock was a nod to Mary J like I'm like what <laughs> like mind blown so so yeah it was just it yeah. was just and then and then even just that you know like that again that display of sisterhood so we got to the signature Erica Badu song Tyrone and technology fails us. oh my gosh but, I was then, like, but then Jill comes through and plays it you know so I mean, it was just, it was, I, exactly. I mean, I just smiled. Like I've kind of, to be honest, I've gone on YouTube a couple of times to just kind of watch. I haven't watched it like in its entirety again, because it is long, but like, yeah. it just makes you smile oh, wow. to yeah. see their, to see their interactions. And I was even thinking, well, I have a couple of thoughts. Number one, I would love to see the two of them host a podcast because I think that their personalities kind of like balance each other off very well because Jill Scott is very like positive and, and she's like real but she's also very like polished Sensitive and, positive and, and, and yeah. you, you know and then you have everybody <laughs> yeah and then you have Badu who's like a little is more is definitely very eccentric and a little more you know um what's the word I don't want to say raw but you know um, just a little and, rough around the edges, a little bit. Yeah, So I would just kind of love to hear them just like talk about things because, you know, you can, you know, they're both moms. And so they connect on that level as well as just being artists. And, and the fact that they said that they are friends. So I think that would be really um, fun to watch. And also, I feel like Jill Scott, I don't think, I don't know that she'd be interested, but I think she's the kind of person who could actually run for like public office and win because just like watching her and um, on that live and even she's posted like videos. I don't know if she would want to run. I, I'm just saying, I feel like she has like a, a, a like a kind of polarizing type of personality. Um, and, you know, and if she was passionate about something like she can probably get it done. But anyway, I don't, I don't know that, that <laughs> I don't know that that is something that she would want to do, but that's just my opinion. Um, I, would, and, I would trust but, her with my kid. I don't know <laughs> politics. <laughs> I would ask her to sing me a lullaby, but I don't know about politics. No, um, but yeah, I, I see where you're going with that, though. I definitely. Yeah, I guess I'm just saying more from a, like a personality kind of sure, perspective. Sure, sure, like sure. she's just very, like she seems very diplomatic. Like even just, I don't know, the way that she, like anytime you see her, she's just very diplomatic, but also very like authentic. Um, I saw a funny meme about the um, Erica Jill thing, specifically about the song Tyrone. Um, and it was gonna go. Basically, the theme was, I've been mad at the wrong guy for 25 years. Oh, like, my gosh. <laughs> Can we talk about it in this segment? Can we please talk about yeah, it? Tyrone still That's like, what I said. Because the internet like, went. Mad at Tyrone. Yes. And the internet went the down. You missed like, him. We were like, Tyrone, of course it would be Tyrone. <laughs> well, Tyrone was actually the stable friend with a car. Yeah, we were mad at the wrong person. We'd be mad at the wrong person. Every time we saw Tyrone, Tyrone. I don't like, like, like you. Tyrone. But Tyrone was actually the good guy. It was the boyfriend <laughs> that she was talking about. Like, yeah, Tyrone had a car. 
yeah so anyway yes i thought that, that was, was like that and i was like it was a light bulb moment like oh light my bulb. god yeah <laughs> the revelation like oh oh yeah we done took it out of context right the yeah. whole yes we did we were like oh that yeah <laughs> oh man i must say I they're that. a classy I'm black woman that we had to see yeah yes and you know, I do yeah. love that Jill, both of them have crossed over even into, right? Mm -hmm. Like the movie industry. Um, yes. mm -hmm. um, I thought Jill, I mean, not to take away from the verses, but they both have many talents, right? Yeah. Uh, music was their start to fame, but they both are brilliant in acting and, um, you know, just being out there. But I do, I like their personalities. The Neo Soul, you know, like when I think Neo Soul, seriously, I think Jill, Erica, you know, a couple other artists, but they come to mind first. Um, so, yeah, I think it was great. I was like, oh, I, could, I would love to see them on another platform together. And hours and hours and mm -hmm. hours. And it was still 700, e like, strong. Oh, yeah. Right. It went down That's to 400, it. still strong. I think it stayed steady, yeah, above 500. Six yeah, yeah, stayed steady. So we would definitely take an encore of that for sure. So maybe that starts on time. <laughs> but okay, <laughs> look, even this, we ain't starting on time ever. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. We ain't gonna start, and we're always gonna have technology. Hence, Miss Hager. Like we always gonna have <laughs> right, always right, <laughs> right. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, it was just beautiful. So, all right. So I guess we will move on from our lovely, lovely ladies. Um, and we will talk about um, probably what was the, I would consider to be the first marquee, <laughs> like versus battle. And that was between Babyface and Teddy Riley, which for the record, like, I am so thankful for the technical issues of the first one because <laughs> it delivered the most epic memes. Yeah. Like I was literally crying, <laughs> like looking at memes that night. Like it was just, I mean, it was, it was like a moment for the culture. And with all that's been happening with quarantine, like we needed that laugh so badly. I will say my favorite one, um, and you guys, you know, feel free to share, but my favorite one, it's kind of simple, but I, I think it just speaks volumes and it's the one of Teddy Riley and it says, if doing the most was a person. Yeah. Like, that okay. sums it up brilliantly. Um, you know, his fedora hat on, his track suit, there was like a band, there was a hype person. The hype the man! <laughs> 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 And I'm like, we can't even hear you. Oh, yeah. God, please turn it off, please. Oh, the hype man, though. The hype man is what did it. I said, dude, like, I was like, y'all know him? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but the hype man, the hype man. Yes, yes. And then Babyface, his just like unbotheredness. Yeah, really during the first one and the second one, like very much. Yeah, he just <laughs> had this like serene, stoic, like I loved it. Yeah, it was good. Um, to your point, yes, they had to. I think that was the first versus battle that was rescheduled, right? Um, yeah, and I think it was really like baby fa face. I like to call him face. 
saying, look, I, I don't deliver like, but I deliver with excellence, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. right. I, right. It's just best that we just call this. And he right. was in and had basic, just in his studio, plugged his little phone right. thing up to the, you know, computer. And it was simple, yet workable. It worked. Um, <laughs> they thought it was baby face. Right. And here comes Teddy with the spray paint. I mean, had the holes are back. And I, the only thing, so I was laughing, but I got frustrated at first because I was like, you have an entire entourage around you. First of all, you're not quarantined and there's social distancing, but whatever. Nobody's wearing a mask. But secondly, no one can help you. Like no one knows how to solve this problem that you're having. Um, Come on, somebody help him. I was like, somebody help him. People are yelling through the line. I mean, like you can see it. Read the line. Read the line. It's TR. Um, So once they (laughs) finally got it, the second go round, which I think, again, we all needed it. Um, I thought, um, I thought it was an interesting matchup because I always think of Babyface as more of the swoon love. Um, and he had some faster, upbeat, up-tempo songs, but I think of him when I think of, you know, um, just enduring and softer. And Teddy Riley was the yes. exact swing. So I didn't understand how they paired them together, but I appreciated both because they both had, you know, a lot of classics and came from the 80s. And, um, you know, when you think I, about Well, 80s, I think that's why they were paired. Yeah, because of their job. The, the songs, the, time. the 80s and 90s R&B was all Teddy Riley and Babyface. True. Mm-hmm. Now you could put in but different Jimmy Jam and Terry yeah. Lewis. Um, but I mean, when you look at those songs, the whole gamut. Yeah, the, they own the industry. From right. Michael Jackson, yeah. Yeah. Five, and all of those songs were classic. Die, right. Classic. Yeah. I, I think that was a perfect matchup. Teddy yeah. does have a different style than Babyface, but I think in terms of the era, when, when you're going to look at who were the top producers and songwriters in the 80s and 90s time. artists yeah. at the time, um, perfect, perfect matchup, I think. And, and yeah. I love hearing the stories behind this song was written for so-and-so. I know. You know and, yeah. and all of that. Um, like I think one thing that this Versus has kind of exposed for all the artists is something that we all were exposed to um, as well during the quarantine is just lack of overall knowledge for technology. Um, Teddy Riley didn't have an Instagram before Versus. So he literally was not that person. Like, you know, this was totally new for him. Um, So I think it's even Ludacris and Nelly had the same issues, you know, Jill and, and Erica. They've all been kind of like exposed as, oh my God, I'm not this, you know, proficient IT, you know, and my team obviously is not either. So maybe that's something that'll come out of it is that a lot of these well, will they- become more well-versed in how they can use these platforms to reach their fans and, and just expand and, and go above and beyond what the norm is in terms of let's have a tour date here or whatever, you know, I think now they'll, they'll be creative in terms of thinking um, mm-hmm. towards different ways of connecting. Well, and it's marketing, right? And then it's also like, hey, do we need some fresh understanding, younger, right? Um, um, influence 
So they don't necessarily have to hire somebody or maybe from this, maybe they will like, Hey, we maybe need to get hip to TikTok or YouTube. Yeah, and, exactly. and I get that they're not using IG. I get it. It's their generation, right? If you think mm-hmm. about age and generation, of course, they're not going to be necessarily first in it. Right. Um, but maybe that is a takeaway for them. Like, gosh, how can I use this to keep my brand alive? Not that they need to do much work. I'm not saying, but you, right. you could capitalize on that. Um, and that, in in that aspect, but, um, I definitely think Teddy <laughs> and baby face. So it did showcase their age. Right. And like you said, that new, that era, like eighties, nineties, I mean, we were up for me. I'm not only going to speak for myself. I was, I knew all these songs, but I have older siblings. I'm the youngest of six. And I was like, now I'm listening to these lyrics. And I was like, Ooh, I didn't know I was singing that at the young age, but I knew good tunes. Right. And I knew like it felt good and the music was like mm-hmm. it just was great that time and again it takes you back to where you're at um and i think that for uh face for face it uh, and teddy we all know he's brilliant he's collaborated and he's produced a lot but with Babyface, i was like gosh he went from you know again a group like both of them did but then he um continues to be like, I think Teddy's more behind the scenes nowadays, and I could be wrong, but Face continues to be up front, right? When you think about, like, baby, he's still relevant, I guess. And I'm not saying Teddy isn't relevant. Don't, I, I give him all props and stuff, but um, <laughs> as far as staying in the know, um, I think baby Face is more relatable, even to maybe not the Gen Zs, but millennials, right? Mm-hmm. Um versus Teddy Riley until you hear his music and you're like, Oh, he did that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He was behind that. Right. So that was a great matchup. Well, well, and I think the other piece too is, you know, as you know, artists again of a different generation, they're used to whenever they perform, they have, you know, like a, a tech team, right. And they have sound checks and all these, these things ahead of time. And really, you know, their responsibility is, you know, just performing, not so much the the technical piece. I mean, yeah, they might say like, turn up the volume here and there. And I mean, and don't get me wrong, some artists do have that very technical kind of sure. background, but usually for more of um, more stage performance um, than, you know, than again, this new platform of using like Instagram live, et cetera. So kind of want to, kind of want to cut them a little slack, um, but also still say, thank you for these epic, epic moments and memes. And, uh, and, uh, I will, I will share this story. I know I've shared this with Khalifa, but I'm going to share this story because, well, partially because I know that this person, this friend is going to listen to this episode. So when they rescheduled the Teddy and baby face, um, battle, I had a friend who called me like while the battle was happening now. And of course, you know, you can't like be talking on the phone and watching, you know, watching the battle, um, unless you're using like multiple, you know, unless you're using multiple um, devices or whatever. So, so she calls me and so she's a person who is not well versed at all in nineties R and B at all. At all. So, so what happens is, so of course, you know, with friends, um, just to give a disclaimer for, you know, because I know I have very diverse guests. So, you know, in our culture, in African-American culture, sometimes we have this, this saying, it's a tease saying that we're going to take your black card when you aren't, you know, 
knowledgeable <laughs> about something that is, you know, seen as a as a staple in our culture, right? So, so we have this saying: we're, we're going to take your black card. Actually, have a, a go with it. Uh, and so, yeah, so. Yeah, so we, yeah, exactly. We all, it's, it's a way that we're teasing, you know, lovingly each other, right? So we have this friend and she, she is not familiar with a lot of 90s music. So now here we are, I'm watching Teddy Riley and Babyface and she calls me and I say to her, I am going to take your black card <laughs> because I am watching Teddy Riley and Babyface, like, <laughs> like basically like, why are you calling like right now? And she says, this is the best part. She says, no, that's not why you're gonna take my card. You're going to take my card because I don't know who Teddy Riley is. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we're no yeah. longer friends. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> totally kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the black the black card's a hard one because there's certain things that you can definitely take mine away from, um, <laughs> and I I will be like, no, sorry, like go ahead. Wait, you might hand it over. Like here you go. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like music was <laughs> that like, universal. Well, yeah. Universal. Okay. Well, but that's the that's the beautiful thing though about like the the black card you know revocation right like <laughs> there's different there's different dimensions to it right so some people you it's know you preparated so you right. have like a black card and it's preparated so you can take out little pieces <laughs> exactly so so it just so happens that music is one that like yeah we you know. Um, so yeah and like for me i will you know i will admit that until <laughs> february of this year february of this year i had not seen just don't i feel judgment i haven't even said anything yet <laughs> but okay i had not seen the color purple in its entirety i'd seen parts of it but i realized now because i was like really young when it came out but anyway I saw it in what the you, theater. This is the teaser. Gina's face. This is your teaser. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're going to do it right now. We're going to do it right now. Gina's face. We're right now. I can't, it cannot retroactively be taken because I, first of all, I saw it in its entirety in the movie theater. And I also cried a lot during the movie. I knew characters. Okay, here's the thing. I knew characters. I knew all the phrases, all the like, you know, the, you know, I knew all of the stuff, but now it was just putting everything in context. And I knew part of the storyline, but it like, it brought it all together for me. I supported, it. I supported it in the movie theater. Okay, thank you very much. Actually, that was the last movie I saw in the theater because of course, you know, they're all shut down now. But it was a beautifully done movie. I see why it was nominated for a multiple Oscars. Um, moving on. <laughs> Any, yeah, anything else uh, in regards to Teddy Riley and Babyface? Yes, I just want to say, oh, you, I, I no, mine will be good for the transition. Go ahead. I go. think. The Teddy, I didn't realize how much of a music head I was, especially when Teddy was going because Guy was my group. Mm -hmm. um, Tevin Campbell, 
I grew up with these songs, and when I heard um, last night, I, yeah, you know, Tevin Campbell, my boy, that's I'm ready. So, yeah, these were my songs. Yes, yes. let's chill. Yes, like this Peace is my love. Oh. Yes, tease me. This yes. was my song, played from um, Boomerang. Um, with Tony Braxton, what was it? Yes, um, love another love. sad love song. Yes, yes. This, it, there's no words I can say that this was. These are my songs, and it's just. It's, but when music—that's what I was like. Words. This is when music was meaningful. Like you felt yeah. every lyric, yes. every word, every note, every tone, every quality beat. versus quantity. Right. Yeah. Quality of it. Well, and even back then they had 20 songs on a CD. I didn't feel bad paying $12.99. Yes. Yeah. So what yeah. you say baby face was the ceremony. Teddy, Teddy was the after party. Right. That's what I'm saying. So I get yeah. why they paired them, but they have totally different styles. Um, yeah, like you know, love. Yeah, yes, I would agree with that. But that I was gonna was say group. that was my yes. first ultimate like love. You know, when you have your crushes, God, that was let's chill. Aaron Hall, still, but um, I was gonna know, say R. Kelly stole Aaron Hall's stuff. Oh, don't mention that name. Oh. Okay, we're 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 not we're not talking about oh, him. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll take that out. But again, he I grew stole. Up and I well, she could keep it, it okay, in because he stole a lot that he was in. He stole a lot. Um, <laughs> but I was gonna say that um, with the <laughs> Teddy Riley and Face, the uh, the first attempt, um, Michael Jordan was probably relieved, like ah, oh, they can lay my meme to rest. And oh now yeah. Teddy, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, and now Teddy is in first place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tagged out right right well and i i will say babyface i i've seen him in concert before he really does put on an incredible show he does it's amazing and it teaches the young people that everything is not on social media everything is based on shows and stuff like that so it's teaching them like look not everything is about media or, or digital, right? Because they right. the situation is very much, very much digital. TikTok is blowing up right now. If you're not on it, like be hip to it. YouTube, right? I'm not on it. But this is how they, this generation now, um, how they see, you know, things. Everything is at their disposal, like at the fingertips. Um, and who knows after this quarantine, maybe, you know, concerts and maybe we'll have to start paying. I don't know, but maybe everything will be virtual. Right. Is that thing? Maybe not. I don't know. Um, but we're used to that in-person experience. Um, you know, um, like I think a lot of the artists feed off the energy of the crowd. So the way people are moving or dancing, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and that's even a testament to their abilities and what they produce and give us. So it'll be interesting after this, but um, yeah, um, these moments are just highlights of all of quarantine. So it hasn't all been stressful or fearful or bad, right? Yeah. Again, you know, I, I think it just shines a light on the, the beautiful things that have come out, you know, amidst, um, you know, tragedy and, and, um, illness and just all these different things. Um, 
that everyone is is experiencing together, you know, for the first time quarantining. Um, it's just really been so beautiful to see um, our communities come together and um, and really for our these artists to you know to be willing to to share their their gifts with us in in a very unique way and and utilizing technology. Um, so thank goodness, you know, again, technology can be used for good. Um, as well as for um, other things. But, you know, I think in this particular era, it's definitely been doing more good mm -hmm. than harm. So, so yeah, so we will uh, wrap up. So, you know, we covered, you know, speaking of the technology, so we talked about Michelle's, Queen Michelle's uh, documentary on Netflix. And then we talked about some, uh, Instagram live battles. And now we're going to just pause for a minute, uh, take a take a little break. And we will come back and finish our discussion. We're going to um, talk about one uh, king of the quarantine, Michael Jordan, specifically, the last dance documentary, which was 10 hours of pure magic. So we're going to take a break and uh, we'll we'll come back and chat about that. I hope that you were entertained by all of our commentary celebrating what the culture has delivered during quarantine. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, the second half of our conversation is all about the 10-hour docu-series that aired for 5 weeks on ESPN titled The Last Dance. It chronicled Michael Jordan and the 1998 Bulls championship team on their road to their second three-peat. One of the things that I loved most about this upcoming episode of the podcast is that you will hear four women speaking intelligently and passionately about the game of basketball. That's what makes it Brown Girl Radiance. If you haven't seen The Last Dance. It will be re-airing on ABC for the next few weeks. So hopefully you can have a chance to watch it. But even if you're uh, not able to view it, don't worry. We've got you covered and we'll bring you up to speed. Stay tuned for the next episode coming in June. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Brown Girl Radiance Podcast, please share it with a friend so that we can continue to celebrate and shine together. Brown Girl Radiance Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, CastBox, iHeartRadio, and Pandora. If you want to stay connected to Brown Girl Radiance Podcast, you can follow me on Instagram at Brown Girl Radiance Podcast. You can feel free to email me at Brown Girl Radiance Podcast at gmail.com.